You're listening to Twin Day, a show all about empowering Black and Brown entrepreneurs to thrive. This podcast is powered by Bank of America. Twin Day, meaning Let's Go in Kiswahili, is a Tennessee accelerator program that's leveling the playing field for Black and Latina founders. I'm Brittany Cole, Chief Equity and Inclusion Officer at the Nashville Entrepreneur Center and your host of the Twin Day podcast. You can expect to hear stories of entrepreneurs thriving in their businesses, insights from organizations that support founders of color, and get access to resources to help you grow and scale your business. For more content like this, visit TwinDayPodcast.com and follow anywhere you get your podcasts. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Twin Day Podcast. We have an exciting episode today. So if you are an entrepreneur and you're thinking about, I'm starting this business, but I have a vision for it to be around for a while, you're going to want to tune in to this episode because we're going to be talking about how do you lead an organization, a corporation for generational wealth and impact for years to come. And so we have uh, the leader of leaders in terms of that conversation here in Nashville and beyond, Dr. LaDonna Boyd. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you. We're going to dive in a little bit, just learning a little bit more about you and your journey to the seat that you're in now, fifth generation president and CEO of RH Board Publishing Company. But give us a little bit of insight into what life was like growing up and what kind of brought you to where you are now. Okay. Wow. That's a, a deep question, if you will, because my story certainly started, you know, well over 125 years ago with my great, great grandfather when he moved to Nashville to start the company, which was formerly called the National Baptist Publishing Board. So having this generational business, it's not something that you necessarily understand when you're young. Like I never thought about it when I was a kid. It wasn't really something that was super impactful. And I thought, wow, like realizing the history and kind of the weight of it until I was an adult, honestly. So to me growing up, you know, my dad went to work and like we did these things and it was just very normal in our household, if you will. So it was interesting, like after college and just like getting into the business, just really understanding from that perspective, like how broad it is and the weight that it carries too. So yeah, it was interesting though, like growing up, going into the office with my dad and just kind of seeing what that looks like and being in the warehouse and like, you know, just going to our events and our annual conference and just being in the thick of it all without honestly realizing as a child what legacy that was. Yeah, that that's such great insight to have because I think so often, especially if if listeners are like me, you're the first in your family that's thought beyond the traditional nine to five, good job, retire after twenty years from the yeah. same organization. So it's always interesting to hear with you know business leaders who have a different story. Like, were you even aware of like what you were in the midst of right. as you were experiencing it? So that that that's helpful information to know. So talk to us a little bit about the impact of R. H. Boyd. Of of course, locally here in Nashville, but even beyond. I was sharing uh, recently with a good friend uh, visiting the museum in Washington, D.C. and walking around the entrepreneurship corner and seeing, you know, your company there as well as Citizens Bank. Talk to us a little bit about the mission and the impact. Yeah, absolutely. So we've been fortunate enough to be around for so long. My great-great-grandfather founded what's now known as R.H. Boyd in 1896. So he was born in Mississippi in 1843 uh, on a plantation there. So to go from that to when he passed in 1922, being one of the most successful businessmen of his time is something that's truly impactful. And I think the most interesting part about his story is the fact that creating this publishing company, owning a printing press, like doing all these things that he did was something that was literally dangerous at the time because literacy was something that was 
demonized and weaponized and black people were killed for knowing how to read and write and to effectively communicate and teach others. So after the Civil War and he became educated and wanted to teach others um, not only about faith, but just overall you know, cultural resources, how do you build wealth? How do you lead a family? How do you lead a household? Like that was very important to him. So he was literally risking his life every day to help the black community and beyond better themselves at that time. And that's a, something that we still do today. We, we carry the voice, if you will. So our goal is to create that voice and that platform for black stories. Most of our business is still faith-based content, but we also do historical, cultural, financial literacy, economic impact. We have leadership training. We have so many things we do for kids and youth as well. So it's, it's grown beyond that, but we still stay true to that mission of highlighting the black voice. Yeah, and you you mentioned uh, the impact on wealth, and some may not know not only uh, your great great grandfather's founding of R. H. Boyd Publishing Company, but also uh, the role and impact on Citizens Bank. Which, when we think about one of the biggest barriers or challenges when it comes to entrepreneurship for Black founders, it is that access to capital. And so, uh, not only was your is your is your family known for having a legacy when it comes to literacy, but also banking as well. Talk to us a little bit about just your perspective on generational wealth and how important that is in our community. Okay. Well, he and a group of businessmen started Citizens Bank, well, it was called Once It Savings Bank then in 1904, to give Black people the opportunity to walk into the front door of a financial institution, to just be able to do things that could positively impact the community from having a home, having a checking account, being able to pay for school, uh, resources for entrepreneurs. That's something that we still do to this day, and it's still very much needed. Like you mentioned, access to capital is something that's so difficult, and we've seen recently in economic downturns and banking, um, that overall uh, environment has been very um, touchy, if you will, over the past several years. So to still be able to provide resources specifically for the black community. Of course, we service everybody. We say all money is green, right? But we want to make sure that we provide special resources for disenfranchised communities, especially black people. Yeah. So you are fifth generation CEO, and certainly there's an element of entrepreneurship that I would say is in your DNA. Yes. Talk to us a little (laughs) bit about how you bring that to the business as a business leader. How do you embed innovation into what Mm -hmm. you all have been doing for over 125 years? What does that look like today? So for us, again, staying true to that mission. So how do we elevate the Black voice and the medium changes. So printed books, digital content, social media, podcasts, like there's so many different ways to tell the black story. And we have stayed true to the mission while maintaining innovation throughout the generation. So everything from our technology, obviously printing presses have changed a lot since the late 1800s. So staying on top of that new technology, which is, I will say, wildly expensive. (laughs) These printing presses are multi-million dollar pieces of equipment. So to stay on top of those trends is difficult, but it is something that's very necessary. There's been a lot of transition. We really kind of are in three different industries, if you will. So publishing is one piece, printing and production is another piece, and then kind of the media and events and community engagement is another side as well. So staying on top of the actual production is something that is really important, but we also leverage other partners and partnerships as well to get that done. Then the publishing piece, like that intellectual property and that representation there is very important too. And of course, community engagement. So having opportunities like this to talk to others and teach and lead and inspire them as well is important to us too. 
Fantastic. So speaking of leading, how would you describe your leadership style as a, as a business leader? Depends on the day, right? <laughs> and the audience. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. I Oh gosh, it's been so long since I've even like studied, like what are the five leadership styles? But for me, like I like to empower others because mm-hmm. um, that not only helps them, but it also helps me because it gets things off my plate, you know, sure. and I'm able to trust the team to do what they're supposed to do and get things executed appropriately. That gives me the opportunity to go out and do other things, get other authors and create new opportunities and pathways as well. So that's what I would say is like really, I guess if I had to pick one specific, it would be more so transformational. Mm-hmm. Now I can lean um, transactional when I need to, you know, when the the audience or the um, kind of circumstances call for it. So mm-hmm. I don't do like tit for tat, for example, but it's like, look, this is what we're doing. So it goes back and forth transactional. But if I could say overall it would be transformational. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what what tips, I guess, with, with that in mind and thinking about a team, and of course you lead a large team, our founders that are growing their businesses right now may be a team of two or a team of five or less than 10. Um, but as you're thinking about how you've been able to really have that transformational leadership style with your team, what advice would you share with founders who are growing their business to build a bigger team in terms of helping them really um, lead with that transformational style? Yeah. Well, I say certainly stay lean because if you overinflate your payroll, that can greatly, you know, kind of eat up your balance sheet, if you will. So figure out what exactly you're trying to do. Like, where do you fit into your market? How do you kind of fill the gaps that are there? What is your specific niche? And find people that are experts in that area. And then, again, give them the opportunity to to have authority and to, to move forward as they should. Never micromanage. But also like leverage your opportunities just for, you know, other service providers, if you will. So they don't all have to be on your hired payroll, if you will. But there's lots of opportunities to, to kind of think outside of the box. Um, there's so much talent all around us and just kind of leverage people where they need to be. Yeah, that's certainly something that we try to help our founders inside of the Twin Day program mm-hmm. understand that perspective of team is team. So sometimes mm-hmm. it's a W-2, sometimes it's a 1099. Yes. It's team. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, yes. that, that's the way our, our friends across the way uh, do business. Absolutely. You know, the Fortune yeah. 500s, they, it's yeah. like you really don't know because it's all team. Yeah. You know, how that back end looks. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little bit about, so you shared with us your leadership style and you are building upon such a rich legacy. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about like challenges. Like what do you, when you really reflect like as a leader mm-hmm. um, and not only as a fifth generation, but as the first woman that's mm-hmm. leading our publishing company what are some of the challenges that you face as a leader oh I think kind of the biggest thing is like work-life balance and there's lots of distractions so there's so many things that can pull you in so many different ways so just kind of staying focused and having a really specific to-do list like I have to do these things today and kind of block out the noise if you will again there's so many things that can pull you in different directions and really attack kind of your self-esteem or how you see yourself and imposter syndrome is very real. I know a lot of people deal with that too, but again, it's because there's kind of this, this sense of comparison that's very prevalent in our culture. And Mm -hmm. especially I think for this weird age that we're in, like as like millennials, (laughs) I think that like we've dealt with a lot, if you will, and our future looks very, very different than you know, people that came before us. So it's really trying to figure out 
what does my life need to look like today versus 10 years from now, 2050, so on and so forth. What does retirement look like? Do we get retirement? Because the biggest thing that I always think about, regardless of what I'm talking about, is thinking backwards. So what is the end game? What is, whether it's like life story or a project or whatever it needs to be, like what are the top three to five like end goals and how do you work backwards from that? And what would you say that is for RH Boyd, if we're kind of thinking about like your vision for where you're growing the organization, what what does that look like? What are those kind of two to three things that yeah. are top of mind? Um, for us, certainly working with more authors, like getting more commercial and kind of like trade publications, if you will. So a little bit more broader uh, reach with our content. Um, also like more of a multimedia approach. So we do have like YouTube channel, we're on social media, we have our own podcast. And what does that look like for, you know, future like documentaries or things like that as well. So telling the story, which is the name of our podcast, ironically, but telling the story mm -hmm. <laughs> is something that is very important to us. And another thing that we have, we have a full set of archives. So I have a vault and we recently had them digitized. So now it's like, okay, how do we make this kind of information that's been, you know, collected and curated since 1900? How do we make that accessible going forward? So those are the biggest things for us. Mm -hmm. So to, I guess, encapsulate all of that, it would be tell the story. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you a question that is one that we get so often okay. from entrepreneurs inside of the program, but also listeners of the podcast. And mm -hmm. it's always this question around how do you balance telling your story mm -hmm. as the business leader, as the founder or CEO, if you were the creator of the organization, and then how do you balance that with telling the organization's story? Yeah. Because sometimes, depending on the type of business, the two can feel like the same thing, but really they aren't. So yeah. what does that look like for you? How do you balance Dr. LaDonna Boyd's story and mm -hmm. the, like, the just, broader, yeah, yeah, like the, 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 you know, legacy of an R.H. Boyd story. I think like the, the sweet spot is like the intersectionality, if you will. So like where do the two intersect? Like what's your origin story? Or as we say, like your, what's your villain origin story, if you will? Like <laughs> what made you <laughs> want to start the business or do the thing, whatever the thing may be? Yeah, so for me, like mine is very much so intertwined, but I also find it very important to, like I've realized like I don't need to be the Face. Like some people, depending on what they do, like they are the business or they are the face of it. And it's like, you don't have to be that all the time. Obviously, if my career was like, oh, I'm a public speaker or I'm a consultant, then like I'm the business. My knowledge is the business. Whereas for me, for R.H. Boyd and what we do, like as you see, like on my shirt here, it's the book. Like I want people to understand that our mission is to tell a story and lend the voice, whether it's me doing it whether it's somebody else, whether it's, you know, future generations, like it doesn't have to be me, yeah. <laughs> which is interesting. I think we're in a very like me generation, like everybody wants the spotlight and be on the stage and do all the things. But it's like you have to be able to separate the two if there's a clear delineation between them mm -hmm. and do the work then also live your personal life. Yeah. Yeah, that that is such great advice. I feel like also too within that the consumer is so much more 
just aware and like curious about Mm -hmm. the founder. Whereas I feel like maybe, you know, if you were starting a business 15, 20 years ago, you could stay behind the scenes. And certainly for black founders specifically, that's often a question of, Mm -hmm. is it more beneficial for me if I have a business where I'm not in service delivery for them not to know? I think of Calendly, for instance. You know, it was started by a black man. And I Mm -hmm. feel like that in lots of instances, when people found that out, really propelled that business forward because Mm -hmm. of the timing that we're in right now where people are curious about wow like that's the founder like what's their life like like how do they get there you know they want to know more about your story yeah and I think um like using different platforms like certainly social media like you should be authentic but you can also curate your story you don't have to put everything people are very nosy and if you give them too (laughs) much you know yeah it's like (laughs) don't give everybody too much you know um I believe in being authentic but it's also like mind your business you know uh so you just you know give people a little snapshot um yeah, like, I don't know, like, mm-hmm. give people enough to where it's like, okay, like, this person is interesting, or, you know, like, certainly, like, share your values and what's important. And again, that intersection of your business and your personal life, like, why, like, what was the the point of origin and the idea? I think that's important. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to see any and every aspect of someone's life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell the story, but just not all of it, oh, right? Yeah. 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 Just maintain some privacy because it's like in that peace and quiet and that solitude where you reset. But once people have kind of like violated those boundaries, if you will, and you no longer have privacy or peace or quiet and everyone knows where you are and what you're doing and who you're hanging out with and where to find you, like, no, there's no peace or joy or happiness in that. Yeah. Unless you're getting paid for it. Like if you're on a reality show, then that's different. Sure. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. for it's, most of us that are not, yeah. you want to keep that that line of privacy for sure. Yeah, I would imagine particularly, too, when, you know, you're in a seat like yours where you are leading a growing business. You mm-hmm. are, you know, at the top of the organization. You're always being asked the questions, looked at for the answers. You know, yeah. there's that balance of like, OK, I'm always on. Yeah. <laughs> I need to have at some point where I'm not, you know, sharing every aspect, even when I'm not on. Yeah. Feeling like you have to do that um, online or via social. I've turned that on switch off as of late, for sure. It's like, all right, I'm too tired to have a persona in reality. It's like, I, this is what you're going to get. I, my favorite word is no. Literally, I think my mom said that was my first word mm-hmm. when I was a baby was the word no. And it's mm-hmm. been my favorite ever since. Mm-hmm. So I think there's power in that. Um, and you don't have to answer every question. You don't have to do everything. You know, you can decline opportunities. Like, because you have to, again, keep that line of, privacy so that you can reset and refresh and just be your authentic self so that you're not kind of caught up in, oh, that was my persona versus this is my real self. And it's really problematic when they conflict. Mm-hmm. So just be authentic from the beginning and and you kind of take a lot of weight off your plate. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> so helpful for our founders. Yeah. I think the other nugget in what you're sharing with us, too, is that you What's for you doesn't miss you. So yeah. you saying, you sometimes I think when you're in the early stages, people are asking you to do things. You're like, I have to say yes. I have to say yes. You know, mm-hmm. this could be this could be the big break. The this big could thing. be the opportunity. But it's yeah. like, no, if it's for you, like you'll be able to show up authentically and you don't have to show up at every table. Like you want to be um, really intentional. So yeah. I love that. Yeah, be intentional. And again, like if you know what your end game is, then you can say no to things that don't help you get there. Now, sometimes... 
there's value in the yes, obviously. And, you know, you just have to take some of those risks, but you don't have to do everything because you'll get burnt out and you'll deviate off the path. And you're like, wait, where am I? What am I doing? This isn't it. Quickly, quickly. That's leadership nuggets, right? For you to apply. So you've shared with us about the vision and where you're taking RH Boy. I love Mm -hmm. this dynamic of telling the story and being intentional about, you know, being more comprehensive in the storytelling. So talk to us a little bit about some of the authors and some of the stories that you all are really proud to tell and maybe even some of the new releases. The new release. Okay, well, you know, I got a little... Snippet right here. We're so excited. This is our newest release. It's by Mignon Francois called Made from Scratch, and it releases on May 9th. So right now we are in our pre-sale season. So everyone go to Amazon and pre-order Made from Scratch, please. We're so excited. This is her memoir. So really telling her story, which she's so fascinating and so interesting and just like the nicest person. So very bubbly. But you wouldn't know like a lot of the pain or trauma or things she's had to deal with and overcome. So literally her book is like called Made from Scratch, Finding Success Without a Recipe, because she had to forge that path, uh, even with all her adversity and, and hardships. So we're excited to tell the story of of Mignon and like how she went from dealing with things from childhood and young adulthood to building this very successful cupcake collection and, you know, bringing happiness and joy to people. You can't be sad when there's a cupcake, right? Absolutely not. Especially not those, those cupcakes those, at the cupcake collection. Yeah, yeah. I'd say like people love, like they love all her stuff. My favorite is the wedding cake flavor, but oh, I think really? everyone okay. is like, sweet nope, sweet potato. potato. Yes. Yeah, I just love, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely the sweet potato. Yes. Impeccable. And it's so exciting because Mignon is on the board here at the Nashville Entrepreneur Center. And she is also such a great supporter of our Twin Day Accelerator program. Mm -hmm. So we are really, really excited and looking forward to getting Made from Scratch in the hands of our founders. And um, make sure if you did not check out the episode with Mignon that you go back and check out that episode to hear Mm -hmm. a little teaser of what you'll find in the book. Yeah. Yeah, we're excited. It's going to be a lot of fun with all the events and things we have planned for it coming up. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So how can we stay connected with you? And perhaps before you answer that question, if Mm -hmm. there are founders, maybe with a story similar to Mignon or with like, how do they get connected if maybe there's a founder that's thinking about writing their story? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can reach out to us directly. I'd say for those that are interested in partnering with the organization or, um, you know, talking about a book idea, the, the best and fastest way, just reach out to us via email. It's marketing at rhboy.com. Again, marketing at rhboy.com. And you can go to our website, which is just rhboy.com to learn more about the company and the history and just see some of our products and offerings and see if it's a good fit. So yeah, we love to, to tell authentic and interesting stories. And most of our titles right now, they are centered on education and curriculum. So that's what we're most known for. But we have the resources and tools to expand far outside of that. So yeah, we're looking at all, all the fun and exciting things that are yet to come. Fantastic. And how can we stay connected with you? Uh, again, website. Um, certainly our company's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at RH Boyd Co. Again, that's at RH Boyd Co. And then for my personal stuff, my Instagram, it's B underscore LaDonna. So, yeah. 
<laughs> well, LaDonna, Dr. Boyd, yes. thank you so much thank for joining you. us. It's an honor having you in the studio today, of thank course, you. here at the Nashville Entrepreneur Center. Uh, your great-great-grandfather's on the wall here yes. for the Hall of Fame. And so it's been uh, wonderful to have you come in and share a little bit more about how you're taking R.H. Boyd even further. So thank, thank you. Thank you so much. We've got a lot of stuff coming up, so can't wait. Thanks for listening to the Twin Day Podcast. Follow now at twindaypodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Twin Day Accelerator program, please visit twindayaccelerator.co. I'm Brittany Cole. Until next time, keep thriving. <laughs>